what does it mean that Jesus is the head of his body, the church? Well, does that just mean he's in charge? Well, no. You can say that Jesus is Lord of the church to communicate that he's in charge, but it's also true that he's Lord of the world and he's Lord of heaven and he's Lord of hell. He's Lord of all, according to Philippians 2. So what does it then mean? You wouldn't need to use that phrase, head, to talk about authority. So what is being communicated in headship? He is only the head of the church. He's not the head of the world. He's not the head of, of, of hell. He's not the head of heaven. He's Lord of all those. But the only, the only entity that Jesus in the Bible is depicted as being the head of is his church. So what is being communicated there? Well, what's being communicated there it comes right out of Genesis chapter 2, verse 28, where it says, And for this reason a man shall leave his father and his mother and be united to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. And then Paul says in Ephesians 5, This is a great mystery, but actually I'm talking to you about Christ and the church. So if you want to understand what headship means you need to understand marriage. And if you understand what marriage is supposed to look like, you need to understand the relationship between Christ and the church. And so just based real quick on Ephesians 5, Jesus and his church are one. It's covenant language. It means that we, through his covenant, have become one with him. Everything that affects us, he's taken it on as his problem to solve. Like the sin problem, he's taken it on himself to solve it. The death problem, he's taken it on himself to solve it. Our alienation problem, he's taken it on himself. Our shame, he's taken it on himself. Our guilt, he's taken it on himself. Why? Because he and I are one. Because he and us are one. Because he is the head of the church. And what concerns us concerns him. And he so loved his church that he laid his life down. He sacrificed his life to bring us uh, to life. It says that his headship is expressed in the fact that he cleanses us of sin and shame and guilt, and he does this to beautify the bride for himself. In other words, the cleansing is God adorning his bride. It is Jesus adorning his bride with a garland on her head and a white wedding gown and sparkling eyes, dolling her up because a romance, an intimate love relationship is the goal of his purification, not just some sort of hygienic environment where sin is not around because he's so holy. We praise the Lord with earnest seriousness. No, no, no. He is presenting the church to himself without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless in love. We find in Ephesians 5 that, the, that a husband who loves his wife loves himself because they're one, which means that as Jesus takes good care of his church, he's actually taking good care of himself. We don't understand how one we are, but that's the mystery of headship and body. It says that Jesus feeds and cares for his church. We are so one with Jesus. One day this came home to me because I was outside and I had on some poorly padded sneakers and I kicked the trash can and hurt my foot. I didn't kick it in anger. I kicked it to try to move it. And when I hurt my foot, I said, dang it, Miller, what are you, you're an idiot or whatever. And instantly the Holy Spirit said, don't talk to me that way. And I said, I didn't talk to you that way. I was talking to me. And he goes, we're one. And then I had to stand back and change my whole concept. I didn't understand how one we are. And I don't think we understand the, the beauty and the brilliance of what it means that Christ is the head of the church, that he and we are one. So if we understand the word head to mean source or kephale means source, then like the source or the head of a river is, the head of a river is the source of a river. It's the place, it's the spring from which all that substance or essence of what the river really is flows. And it only has its life as it's connected to its source. And so maybe if we understand it like this, because we have union with Jesus, 
his life flows into us, right? So, and because we have union with Jesus, forgiveness of sins is ours. Because we have union with Jesus, peace is ours. Because we have union with Jesus, we have access to the Father. Because we have union with Jesus, his spirit is in us. And the whole Christian life is summed up as Christ in you, the hope of glory. And it starts when Christ comes into you. And and it's the completion and maturity in the Christian life is not growing in rules, but it's actually Christ being formed in you by faith. And so, and like, that's, that's the essence of what the Christian life is. The essence of the Christian life is Christ. That's what the Christian, it's all about Jesus. It's always about Jesus. It's only about Jesus. And this headship thing has to do with we're one with him. Maybe another way to put it is that we're the branches and he's the vine, right? The sap flows from him. We're so one that when he died, we also died to sin, and that when he was raised, we also were raised to new life, and that when he ascended on high and sat down, it says that we sat down at the right hand of the Father, okay? We're so one that when we're in touch with what his spirit is praying, not only is he affected by what affects us, that when we're grieved, he experiences grief, and when we're blessed, he experiences joy, but also that when his heart is broken, we who are in touch with the Spirit, we can groan inwardly. And when he, and there's a party in heaven, if we're in touch with his Spirit, we'll be partying on earth. This oneness we have with Jesus where he's the head and where the body is so profound and so deep. And I don't think we've exhausted. I really don't. Paul says in 1 Corinthians eleven three. now I want you to realize that the head of every husband is Christ and the head of the wife is the husband and the head of Christ is God. And so you have this image of here's God the Father, here's Jesus, here's me, and then here's Carrie. And there's a flow of divine life, right? And so I was trying to understand this. This was a few years ago. And I was, I, in some sense, I was a little scandalized by this concept and it's because it's not intuitive for me. And I was like, I want to understand headship. I don't want to understand headship according to my Christian culture. I don't want to understand headship according to fallen, broken human models where there's a manipulative, controlling husband in charge of the wife. There's a power differential in the relationship. And I was trying to understand how this reality is good news. Especially I was interested in the idea of, is this headship reality good news, especially for women? And I, we were standing there in church on Sunday morning, and I'm, I'm just, the scripture's in my heart, and I'm like, show me the truth. I want to understand. I want to know from your perspective. And Jacob Border was up there singing, and he was singing, you are beautiful in all your ways. And I was like, Yes, you are. And I started to think. It's like the Holy Spirit took me on a journey and started to show me how has Jesus been to me as my source of life, as my source of presence. And I've really, I was like, he's the kindest person I've ever known. He, he's like the most faithful, constant, constant person I've ever known. He's my best friend. He's, he's never yelled at me. Even in correction, there's a sweetness. He's the wisest person I've ever known. But the thing that just kept coming to me over and over, and I began began to honestly be overwhelmed to the point of tears, is that he's the best thing that's ever happened to me. He is the gospel. He is the good news. He's the best thing that's ever happened to me. He's the best news I could ever receive. And I started to realize if that's, if Jesus is what headship means, if I am the way he is to my wife, like, I will be such good news for her. And I've never looked at his headship over the church the same way since that experience, singing with Jacob, singing, you're beautiful in all your ways, and me going, show me, show me. If this is true, and all history is pointing to Jesus and going to be summed up in Jesus, and he's the centerpiece of it all, 
then I think it's really important that we realize not only is Jesus the centerpiece of human history, but the church is the centerpiece of his affections and is in some way this deep and meaningful part of God's plan in the world. In other words, we should probably not be so negative about the church. She's more important than the world will ever understand, but she's a whole lot more important than than she understands. Christ is the head of the church, and this is exceedingly good news. 